Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, my tater Lauka Pops. It's me, Diane Chorley, the Duchess of Canvey. I'm coming to you live from the studio with my gorgeous milky fiddling with the buttons. We're having a gorgeous time here, but sadly, the old UK's doing a little bit of a shifty one again, ain't it? The old R8's giving it all the lemon. It looks a bit dodgy. Can't say I didn't enjoy August. Walking into any bleeding restaurant, pretending I was Richard Branson. Starter, main, dessert, a little glass of tap water on the side or a little Coca-Cola because that was the only thing you could get half price. But it was beautiful. Problem is, that's all come back to haunt us. But don't worry, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be gorgeous. We're going to make sure of it. Milky's had a busy week. He's been to every Debenhams in Essex and collected a little tester sample of Davidoff cool water. He's now got a whole litre saved up. I told him he couldn't do it, but I was wrong. We can never show our face in Lakeside again, but if it stops the smell of eggy bread, who am I to argue? I'm ever so excited today because my guest is one of Britain's finest young actors and he's been the talk of the industry for a while now. You'd have seen him playing Johnny Marr in England is Mine. You see him in Derry Girls and most recently as the brave Carl Stotter in Des. I want to welcome to the show the beautiful Lauren Kingston. Come on, Milky, give him a little turn. All right, Laurie, how are How you, you doing? Do you know what, though, Laurie? I couldn't find nothing about you on, on the internet. Well, there's a reason for that. Are you a bit private? Because it's very close to my chest. No, not really. No one just can be bothered to write anything. There was some stuff on there, but it was in Welsh. I right, couldn't. Well, un- that'll do it. I tried that's... Google translating it, but even Google confused by that. No one knows. Where in Wales are you from? North Wales, North Shropshire border is where oh, I'm yeah. from. There's a couple of little little towns from there. There's a little town called Oswestry that's just over the border in England. It's kind of our local... Uh, a local hotspot. Um, so, yeah, near there. But, but that's where you grew up, was it? Yeah. in the uh, So we're about five miles in the countryside away from, from that town. Yeah, you've got, you got a bit of a you got a bit of a country boy way about you. Do you know what I mean? A little, bit, a little bit distant, a little bit curious. That's what I'm yeah, saying yeah. about you. This is Fair what I've enough. seen, Laurie, and I don't know a lot, you no. know, because I couldn't do my research. Okay. I asked Jesus and everything. He came back with nothing. But what was it like? What was it like growing up there? And wanted to be an actor because I can't imagine was there many opportunities for that out there. It, I really enjoyed growing up there. It was great. I've got three older brothers, and so there was always something going on, some kind of outdoor activity to be getting on with. So that was fun. Um, acting wise, uh, I kind of kept myself uh, occupied with it, I suppose, until I got until the age where there were like youth groups and that kind of thing. I used to make films and and animations and little sketches with my my local pals all the time. It was it was great. I really enjoyed it. So you've always known that you wanted to do the acting malarkey? I think it wasn't until I got a little bit older where it was actually maybe a possibility to be a job. Up until then it was just like it was just fun. You'd come home from school and, and I got I remember getting a camera when I was like I don't know, twelve or something. It had loads of really good settings on it. And so it just loads what, of settings. Like night vision. Bit of night vision, bit of time lapse, bit of animation. Um, 
So um, I loved all that. What? So did you go to uni and do it? Do the bit of the old act? I didn't. So I auditioned for drama school and didn't get in. And then there was because I was at the youth theatre at Theatre Cluid, there was an audition to play one of the parts in like one of the the big shows in the main house. And it's like it's got a great reputation, Theatre Cluid, and and um, I auditioned for one of these parts in a play called The Winslow Boy. It's written by Terence Rattigan, and uh, oh, I know and it. got the part. No, <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> word for word, part. I know it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then started doing that. So I was 18 then, and then got that part, and it was great. I did that for a few months, and then that was, I think that was kind of my little foot in the door, really. Was that started, paid? Nice bit of paperwork. It was paid, yeah. Stunning. What are we talking? And we're talking at least 500 bunts a week. Are you was, kidding you know, me? Do no. you hear that, Milky? We're in the wrong bleeding game. We need to get down to theatre Cluid. It get was a lovely. lesson in there. And the, the good thing is, I didn't have an agent at the time, so I didn't have to pay anyone else. It was great. That's gorgeous. So what you did that was, so that was in Wales, that the, the actual play was? That was in Wales, yeah, in Theatre Cluid. And uh, and then after that kind of, was on my gap year at the time, you know, finding myself. Didn't go to Thailand, year. get a motorbike burn and a no, tattoo of The Rock. <laughs> I did that, I, I did that. <laughs> um, no, I went, I went interrailing. Went interrailing around Europe. We went to about ten countries, I think, in a month. Who'd you go with? Your mates? Well, no, my my fellow at the time, partner at the time, and uh, we went round round everywhere on the trains. It was great. We hitchhiked a bit because I went. I did go to Europe. I didn't go. Well, I can't stay on a train for too long because I get I get so giddy if I'm on a train for too long. All that business going past you too quick sets me a little bit nervous. Do you know what I mean? But I do love Europe. I've got a lot of time for it, and I'm very sad that we're leaving the European Union. But what mm. I'm not going to do is talk about it. Sure. No need. Because that's ever so boring. Now, what I was going to say was about Wales and that oh. gorgeous place. I love Wales. I've landed now. Yeah, nice. Been there. Good peer. I thought that was gorgeous. Colwyn Bay. No, that's where I went and all the shops was closed. I remember going there as a kiddiewink. Oh, Colwyn Bay was gorgeous. I remember mm. I had a little spade. I threw it up in the air, went straight down the drain. I was devastated. Then I went back there a few years later. A few years ago, I went back there. There weren't no shops there or nothing. Where'd they gone? I don't know where they'd gone. Not into the sea, because there was big old rocks in the sea. I'm talking a lot of rubbish today. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine, but that's gorgeous. But do you know what? Have you ever been to Langothla? Langothlin? That's it? That's it's what I very, said. It's very close to where I, where I am. Is it? Very do close. You know what? It's about 10 they miles all, away. Is it? Because they almost made me the mayor of once. Right. Because I went down there for the weekend with that. Do you know that Dolph Lundgren? I'm not sure if I do. He was in Rocky. Oh, yeah. White hair, looks like an action figure. Well, I was down there because he was teaching me some karate to help me in the club. So he was like, he's, he, I can't remember where he's from, Dolph Lundgren. I think he's Austria or something. But he was like, come down there to where I love it there. He loved it there. We was in there having a lovely time on the mountain. And he was like, come on, Diane, I'm going to teach you some karate. So we was doing it. We was doing the karate on the hill. All of a sudden, you never guess what comes around the corner. What? The, the beast of Bobmin Moor. I don't know what he was doing there because it weren't Bobmin, but it was a similar thing. It was like a little wolf cat. It come up and it started chasing the sheep. Of course, I do have a bit of a shepherd look about me, but the sheep come running over to me to try and save me. Well, for me to save the sheep. Of course, I don't like animals and I don't want to tick. And they're covered in ticks, those things, aren't they? Sheep. Yeah, it can be. It can be awful. 
can be awful. And I don't want to tick on my body because that's how you get Lyme's disease. And that makes you ever so ill and you don't know it. Then all of a sudden you're in a ditch and you're like, I'm feeling ever so ill. Next thing I know, the wolf, the beast of Bogman, comes up and tries to bite me on my hand. Dolph Lundgren karate kicked it right in the head. The head came off, flew into a bin. I don't know there was a bin on the hill. All of a sudden, the head, the headless monster starts running around, comes at me. Dolph Lindgren kicks it again, and his foot goes in the body of the animal. He didn't take it off. He wore it as a shoe. We went down to the village. They loved it. Now, it's famous for walking around with a half wolf on your foot. Wow. I had no idea that's where that mm-hmm. came from. Yeah. That's it. So it's ever so famous there now. And you know it because all the shops there, all the souvenir shops, they've mm. all got a half wolf on the foot. Yeah. And they're like, can I have two of those half wolf foots? Where did that come from? And they're like, well, the mayor, well, she's not the mayor because she didn't want to take the role she's too busy in prison. But they said, oh, the mayor, that, Diane Chorley, she was there with Dolph Lundgren and put wolf. <laughs> and that's what it is. So anyway, that's what happened in Wales and it was the beast above me. Well, I'll I'll, I'll um, give you an update on that. In the above Clangothlin, there is a a hill, what might be in the same hill, and that's where uh, it's a very famous hang gliding spot. And my my dad, my brothers, they're all hang glider pilots, and they all jump off that very hill. Oh, do they really? They really do. They're we pilots. All... They're well, hang gliders. Hang glider pilots. They just do it for the crack. But uh, they've uh, jumped off that hill many times. Have you hang glided? I have once with my dad. It was, uh, yeah, it's a bit scary, but quite great as well. Off that, that same place, I will. So coming back to the acting, you never, you didn't go the normal route then. So when you came, when did you come? So you did your show in Wales and then what happened? Did you go, come, did you get cast to do a show in, in London or how did it go about? Well, so then I decided... Uh, that I should probably get my act together and started writing to agents from my house in Wales and uh, bought the thing called the Spotlight Contacts book. That's like a yellow yellow pages of just kind of all the agents and cast and directors. And so I bought that and then just basically started writing to agents uh, and started at A in the book and uh, just wrote to all the agents in London and said that, I'm living in London and I've just done this job and I attached some little uh, monologues on a clip on like a Dropbox thing. And then, um, yeah, I had a few replies. What monologues then, have you, you doing a monologue on like yeah, a video? Yeah, a little video of a monologue. And uh, and then, yeah, I got some replies and then uh, and then moved down. Oh, so you got a little agent before you moved to London? Well, no. So, I, so then I came down on the train and I was coming to meet a couple of people and look at a house that I'd seen online. When I got there, it was an archway. I got there and um, the guy was just, uh, he was a cowboy. He was, he was selling me up the river. Was it, it was all Yeah, it was all nonsense. Um, so, I, so I left and he said, before you go, if you look, there's at archway station, there's a cork board at the station. And um, on there, they put kind of adverts for, you know, houses, bikes, all that stuff, all that nonsense. And he said they usually um, have some rooms on there. So... I was a bit deflated, so I went to Archway Station and then rang all the numbers, and it, was, it wasn't it was going so well. Um, no one was really biting. All the rooms were full. And then, literally, this sounds like nonsense, but it was the last one I called. It was the last one on the thing. I called up, 
and I said, hi, I've got this, um, I'm at Archway Station, I've just seen that you've got an advert on, on this cork ball. And she said, are you wearing a red shirt? <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah. And then she said, turn around. So I turned around and there was this, this lady there sat outside a place called Sharon's Toiletries, which is where they, they hollowed out public toilet and made it into like a little toiletry shop. Oh, and she was sat there. I won't say her name, but she was sat there at Sharon's Toiletries and she said, oh, I've got a room, I'm, I'm sat behind you. So then I put the phone down and walked over and then she walked me to her house that was like a minute up the road. And then I said, yeah, went home on the train, packed my bags and then moved down the next day. Gorgeous. How long did you stay yeah. there for? I was there for about 18 months. She was a real character. Um, she she sounds it. Did she smoke she, a lot, judging by that voice? She she did. She did. Um, I think, in fact, because I paid her in cash, so I'm sure that, that that's where literally all of my money went straight yeah. on the B&H. Yeah, gorgeous, um, yeah. But, but she used to just smoke in the kitchen downstairs uh, just all day, which was oh, nice. <laughs> not that nice. So did it start going, and it went it went well straight away, did it? You just kind started? of, yeah. Well, when when I then signed up with with um, my agent at the time, they're called Felix DeWolf, and they're brilliant. And um, yeah, we kind you of still just with got. Them? No, I I moved about three, nearly four years ago. Can't have um, been that good. They were great. They were really good. Uh, but yeah, we we started out pretty quick. I think within a few weeks, I was doing a casualty. Love a casualty. Um, I love casualty. What is it? The little beginning, someone's fiddling with a screwdriver and a little electric socket. You're like, that's going to end in trouble. Boom. Yeah. Next thing you know. There we are. Casualty. A wardrobe's fallen, fallen on their head or something, you know. But weren't you, because I remember you from the glory. Yes. You was always in there working, having a nice little time. Got to yeah. love all that. Johnny Woo, John Sizzle. Exactly. My gorgeous lot. Do you ever go back in there and give them a little hello? Well, I've not really been back since um, since lockdown. Really, I've uh, yeah, I've not been back in. So I need to go. Need to go back in and um, and do. Because I saw him tweet the other day. They were so proud of you when you was on Des. Uh, did they? Yeah, they tweeted. Oh, they said, "Oh, nice. it's one of our one of old John Sizzle did. One of our boys is on is on the telly. They're ever so good." Oh, that's nice. I have not seen that. Um, yeah, I loved working there. I, I worked there. I was only there for about six months or so. A few years ago, but it was, um, it's great. Just that, that group of people. It's just so creative and silly. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Gorgeous, isn't it? It's gorgeous in there. I love it. And they've got love for the glory. If anyone's listening, you're not from London, you go down the glory and visit because they need the support because these are weird times. And they're beautiful little venue. They're gorgeous. So, did you have any other little jobs when you were doing that? Was you up to much else? I think I worked as, um, inadvertently as like an illegal ticket tout for, for, for a couple of shifts really um, which was fun um yeah I was, I, it was in leicester uh, piccadilly circus and there was just a little um thing saying they were looking for for people and i and i went in and literally within 20 minutes of getting a job the guy had sent me to the o2 um with 600 quid in cash to go and buy as many Beyonce tickets as I could. Um, and I had to give him my driver's license and he gave me all that cash and I had to go and get as many tickets as I could. Did you sell them or did you just give it back to him? It was sold out, so I couldn't go and do it. So oh. I, I returned with a tail between my legs and 600 quid. And um, I'd have let him keep my bleeding driver's license. It only cost 40 quid to get a new one. <laughs> should have done that. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, quite very strange. And then he sent me off on all, all sorts of other errands around the city. It was not. It was not a good bloke. That's how it is, though. When you're young, isn't it? You just go. For, you go, look on Gumtree or something. You're like, any jobs going? Or you go yeah. to the news agents, have a little look in the thing. I used to um, laminate Argos catalogs. Did you? Yeah, back in the eighties. The day I left, I walked out and the whole building fell in. <laughs> I'm not joking. I left that day, turned round, it was gone. The whole thing fell in. It had nothing to do with me. They tried to pin it on me, but I said, I just left. I didn't look back. I got mm. my little hot chocolate from the clicks machine and I left. Now, when they was tweeting about you in The Glory, saying about Des, mm. I mean, Laurie, it's got to be said, you are a bloody good actor. Oh, that's nice. Do you know how good you are, though? I mean, what, what do I say to that? You got, but, I mean, you got you got to be like, yeah, I'm bloody good at this, I am. You've got to feel confident, you know, because when you're acting in things like you do, like when I saw you in Des, now you played, it's Carl Stotter, isn't it, the character you played now? Yeah. He was quite a brave fella because he didn't, well, he, he couldn't remember. Well, I won't give it away to no one because I'm like that. I'm a nightmare. I'll just tell you the whole bleeding story before you've mm. even seen it. But it was a it was a big role and it was a big responsibility, isn't it, when you're playing people from real life. Did you do a lot of research for that character? Did you meet the person? What happened there? Well, I, he's not alive anymore. So I didn't meet him, unfortunately. Um, but I did, yeah. I do. I I've been able to play quite a few real life people, and um, I find it really fascinating because, especially when when they're people who I don't know, you can find video footage of them. They were like in public eye or whatever. Mm. Just like it's kind of an amazing gift, I suppose, to be able to go and look how they really spoke and what kind of mannerisms they'd make and, and how they'd act and how they'd react to stuff. So just in terms of that, that was it's always really helpful. Um I mean the research into Carl was was bittersweet because it is such a sad story and he's not around anymore. And so just kind of wanted to do that justice and and um do the performance well enough that um I don't know, he would be proud of it or you know what i mean it's it, it there was an added layer you know in i mean like so i played johnny marr as you said in the in the um in the intro and so that's a different vibe because you're just like oh yeah you just get to watch all the like rock and roll interviews and and just have fun with it and do all that stuff um but yeah this this was a bit different we had to treat it with with a lot more respect and actually after watching it and and being on set i think the whole show of Des is really respectfully done, I'd say. Mm. And um, I think, yeah, they did, did those people justice. Big actors on those on those sets, a good old-fashioned ITV drama, Yeah, if you know what I mean. And what was what were they like on set? Because obviously my gorgeous Monica Dolan, she played, she's played that serial killer, Rose West. She's gorgeous. I've got her on in a couple of, couple of weeks. She's going to be a beautiful guest. But she... Um, she said it was very hard playing those roles. What were people like on set? Was it a bit of a dark atmosphere? Because it's tricky, isn't it, when you when you create something like that? Yeah, it is tricky. Um, most of my stuff was with Danny Mays, and uh, I have to say he was just brilliant. He's got so much energy, and he's so kind. I've not worked with him before, but always wanted to because he's just like mm, yeah, he's he's an absolute you know icon of the television. Mm, I think so. Um, yeah, he's great. And yeah, he was great. He was every, everything that you'd you'd expect, and he's just so kind. And because um, he's done loads of stuff with Mike Lee, and oh, uh, I know, yeah, Vera Drake. He's, he's done all that, and so you know, he's, he's one of those characters. He's one of those actors in everything, but you never really know his name. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But he's yeah. in everything. You're like, oh, he's in that. Yeah. You say, oh, 
I like him. He's yeah. in that. And you watch it and it'll be the best thing you've ever seen, but I always forget his name. Well, I think I think this 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 role is the turning point of that. Not yeah, that he needs he always, a turning point. But yeah, like, he always he, plays a dippy, a bit of a dippy yeah, role. Do you know what I, I mean? But in this I, one, he's ever so serious and moody. I love it. I like yeah, got a lot I, of time for that fella. Me too. I think it, it showed, obviously, he's got an incredible career, but I think he, he did something different in this a little bit. Mm. And um, yeah, it was really, it was really amazing. Um, in terms of everyone else, um, so luckily I was working with someone called Amaka Okafor and she was in my episode and we'd just been doing a play called The Sun together. And so we just, we got cast at the same time and she played the part of the um, woman from the Soho Project who calls Dan's yeah. character and says, I think there's someone who you need to meet. Um so that was great. I did my first day was with her, that quite big scene. And um, mm. so that was really nice to have somebody that I knew so well because we'd just been doing this play together for a year or so. Um, so that was great. Uh, I only met David um, at the courtroom and it was, a, it was quite a serious atmosphere in there mm. um, because even just being in court was quite strange. Yeah. Um, not being there before. And uh, he really, he kept his distance. Um, kind of all day, I was I was doing this this speech in the dock. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. It's in the trailer. Um, well, there's going to be a, there's going to be some kind of courtroom scenario, isn't there? With it's a murder, exactly. It's like a TV serial murder killer drama. show. It's going to yeah. happen. Um, so uh, I was there for about eight hours doing this this monologue. We did like twenty seven different camera angles of that scene. So it was a lot. Um, and he kept himself the whole time. And then after I'd finished my stuff, he then came over and was like, I didn't want to kind of interrupt you mid mid flow. And uh, but I just wanted to say hi and how you doing. And then we spoke for about 10 minutes. And I just thought he's, that was really classy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I could see you in a Mike Lee. Mm. You're very Mike Lee-ish, I think. Do you think? Yeah, I think oh, you've, I, got that, you've got that vibe. You're doing some nice roles. I like the roles yeah. that you choose. That's ever so good. Yeah. What was it like playing someone like Johnny Marr? Because he's like, obviously, he's a little bit of a credit of history. 
Yes. You know, was he a big important? Was he important to you? Their music when you was growing up. Well, I had quite um broad musical upbringing. Uh, my dad's really into music. My mum plays the cello in an orchestra, so it's quite like quite a musical thing. All my brothers and I play different instruments, and they've all got really great taste in music. So there was always something happening. Um, what do you play? So I play a bit of piano, a bit of the guitar, a bit of the drums. When they were like, "Oh, you, you're going to play guitarist." And we're going to have to do loads of close-ups of your hands and stuff. I was like, fucking hell, all right. I, I did like a few lessons when I was 12. I'm not Johnny Marr. Uh, but did you, put, did you play it like in the... Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Oh, well, guitar, that's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, it was good. It was just like a like a little riffing scene. It wasn't a, wasn't. A did you meet him at all, Johnny Marr? I didn't. He he was aware of the project. And I think he's sent on his... Um, his... Uh, not condolences. Con- opposite. Con- Hope. No, not hope. <laughs> Here's some hope. <laughs> You'll need it. Um, so, so what uh, is it? Encouragement. Words of yeah, encouragement. Something maybe. like that. Anyway, yeah. he said he said hello via someone else. So that was nice. Um, yeah, it was cool. Obviously, he's iconic. Smiths are absolutely iconic band at that time. So it was it was cool. The film was great. It was called England is Mine. Yeah, Netflix. I saw it. I loved it. They were so good. Beautiful yeah, it's out there. Um, Jack Loudon was, was playing Morrissey and he did an amazing job. I thought, it's, yeah, it was it was cool. It's sad because the the Smiths were never, they never came down the flick. The Smiths. We had that Morrissey down there once, but he didn't quite like the vibe. He sat there. He had a pint of undiluted kind of orange squash, and I said, "Are you right, Stephen? You having a nice time?" He said, "Call me Morrissey." I said, "All right, babe. Whatever turned, whatever floats your boat." And then he had a couple of Jacobs crackers and then left. Unusual guy. I wouldn't say. I took to him. I wouldn't say I took to him, but I got a lot mm. of time for his music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I did like those flowers, what he had in his pocket. I started buying them a lot after that, and I, I'm grateful to him for that era. But with, with Johnny Marr, I guess he's like one of the kind of straight men of, mm. of history, like straight men of pop. Do you know what mm. I mean? And I guess you as, you know, and you said that you had a fella earlier, so mm. you know, I'm going on the assumption that... Mm, part of the community. You're part of the community, the one what mm. we adore. Now, what do you feel about those those roles? Do you think that gay actors should play like gay roles that are kind of historical gay roles should be played by gay actors? What do you think about that little question? I think it's uh, actually a really tricky one. And I think there's lots of debate that can be had with it, which I think all the best things should have a bit of debate. Mm. I think it's I think it's not really cut and dry. I think it comes down to a couple of things. If you're in the LGBT community and you're fighting for your rights to be seen and then a character is written for the screen or the stage that encapsulates someone from that community and you think this is an amazing groundbreaking moment where we get to see somebody that's not written as a caricature or written as like a fully rounded person Mm. and then that character is played by someone who's not in that community. I think it just doesn't quite send the right message and also wouldn't fully be able to be understood in the same way that someone from that community would be able to play that part mm. um so i think that's one one thing and the other thing do you thing think is, they could do you think they could perform it with the same empathy perhaps as someone who but yeah, i guess I acting's mean, not really about empathy is it it's about the performance so that's a tricky question it is really tricky and that's the point i i think there isn't a right and wrong answer to it another thing is that kind of there aren't that many roles being written 
for, say, the trans community. Mm. There aren't that many roles that are written that are trans characters. And so, say, if one comes along and a trans actor has the opportunity to play it, and then that role then goes to someone who's not from that world, I think it just it, it feels like a bit of an injustice because kind of historically, I'm sure there are millions or well, I'm actually sure there's not millions of examples, but lots of examples of where trans characters play cisgender roles. But mm. I think that's quite rare. And so those roles are few and far between. And there are lots of actors who can play those really well. And so I think it's a shame when those things aren't honoured in that way. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, everything is about visibility, isn't it? If, if yeah. you've got people, and also the fame and notoriety of someone who's playing one of those characters, who's it seems right that it should go back into the community that that exactly. person was built and born and, and has and, become a fixture of. So it's feeding back into the community it came from. I don't think it's about, people get so negative about those arguments, and it's just about goodwill, isn't it? And yeah. about spreading positive role models, and that's all we want to see, you know. Spread the love. Yeah. Obviously, you're knocking about with all these people, and I'm sure loads of people have seen you in the film, in that programme, Des, and they've been talking about how good your performance is, because me and Milky, I've been with saying you're the wonderful actor. Now, you must have had, have you met any celebs? Have you been in contact with anyone doing anything nice like that, and any nice celebs giving you the big up? Ooh. Well, I mean, back back in the day, there was there was a period of time, I just done a TV show called Cradle to Grave on uh, BBC Two. And um, it was about Danny Baker, and he was writing for. Remember TFI Friday? Oh yeah, I love they brought that. they brought TFI Friday back for about ten weeks, and um, it was on Channel Four. And because he was writing it with Chris Evans, and I just worked with him, I got to go to all of the all of the broadcasts, and it was like potentially one of the most fun few months of my life because I was twenty one and just done this TV show. I think it was just coming out at the time. And then every week was going down to um, to TFI and going and watching these live things. It was fab. And there were people like uh, Noel Gallagher was there singing with Robert Plant. Uh, Justin Bieber was there. Biebs was there. Uh, all these these fab people. And so I'd met I'd met a few people going to that, and I I got invited to a to a party, and um, it was one of the big ones. One of the big parties with all the big players. Big players were there. And I was there with Danny. And um, I was just having a chat and turned around and Danny went, Laurie, meet Elton. And I turned around and there was Elton John. And um, he went, Laurie, great to see you. I was like, fuck, what's going on here? This is really weird. And there was like, Harry Styles was walking past in the background. Holly Willoughby was there. I wasn't expecting that name to come out, Willoughby. <laughs> Elton John, Harry Styles, Holly Willoughby. <laughs> it was just, it was a bit of a very surreal time in my life that was very, very enjoyable and um, just very daft and loved it. And then wasn't on the telly for a while and then they all just stopped speaking to me. I thought, it's fickle. The fickle fame business. Oh, yeah. If, if they're out there now, they're kicking themselves. They're exactly. Thinking, oh, they all are screaming. Wish I got his fax. No, exactly. Wish I got his fax number. Gorgeous. So what's coming up? What can we expect next? Obviously, you do night shoots in this fantasy drama. Bit, it sounds a bit Terry Pratchett to me. There's something coming out on Sky Art, which is called Urban Myths. And um, have you heard of the Urban Myths thing? Is that like 
when there was that girl what went out on a date with a fella and she woke up and it was gorgeous, went back to his flat and his flat was beautiful. And then she, he got up in the morning, he kissed her and he said, oh, I'm going now. I've got to go, but I'll leave you in my beautiful flat and have a nice time and sleep or whatever. And then I'll go. And then you just close the door on the way out, whatever. So she goes downstairs and she makes herself a coffee. And then he's left her a note saying, oh, beautiful to me. You have a gorgeous little sleep. And then she goes up and she has a little poo in the toilet. And then she comes downstairs and, but she can't flush the toilet. She's got the poo in it. So she goes in and picks the big old poo up and puts it, wraps it up in tissue. And then as she's leaving, she writes a little note on the thing saying, hello, my gorgeous babe. I've had a lovely time. This is my number. Stay in contact. Then she leaves. And when the door closes behind her and locks, she realizes she's left a little poo on the table. And is that what you mean? It's the dramatization of that. Um, <laughs> what are you playing the poo? <laughs> it's unconfirmed, yeah. Um... <laughs> I've got that role, actually. I have to say it. Just a little picture of me superimposed on a little poo going, Don't leave me, girl. Don't leave me. You've left me on the table. Then you hear the door slow, the clothes, and I'm like, Oh, bugger. And then oh. I've just sat there. Then I've just sat there waiting on the table, waiting for the fella to come out. And then he sees me, and I'm like, It's me. She left me. I thought that was you. Yeah, it was me, yeah. Okay. Superimposed. They filmed yeah. it from home. <laughs> Didn't have to leave the house. They just took a little, put some blue dots on my face and that was it. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> the power of technology is amazing. Oh, it's so clever. But go on. Mm. What are you doing anyway? Urban myths, like urban So the urban, the urban myths thing is, um, it's a series. It's now, it's, I think it's the fourth, fourth series now. And they basically just take little stories um, that happen in showbiz land over the years and kind of embellish what might have happened. And so there's one about, like, I think Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones being trapped in a car for like an hour. And it's just like, do you know what I mean? Or sort of stuff like that. Mm. So our one is called When Joan Kissed Barbara or When Barbara Kissed Joan. And it's about Barbara Streisand and Joan Rivers in real life in the 50s did a play together off Broadway. In New York, and it was rumored that because Joan Rivers was playing a male part, they those two characters had to kiss. And back at that time, that would have been a massive hoo ha. And um, so it's the kind of it's the story of that. And Sue Perkins wrote and directed it. And I play the um, again real life real life director of that show, who was only about I think he was eighteen when he directed it. Is that Sue Perkins or Mel and Sue? It is. Um, so uh, yeah written and directed by her and it was great it was really good and so it's got Jess Barden in it who people would know from End of the Fucking World and um, Catherine Ryan who's a comedian who's just written her own thing on Netflix called The Duchess it's great I play this just kind of idiot young New York director I I got to wear a moustache have my hair all combed back it was it was a delight that's what we all dream of it was really fun I think it's out on the 4th of October I don't know when this will happen, but... Well, we'll be looking out for it. And, well, honestly, I adore you, Laurie. I think you're gorgeous. And every show we've seen you in, we absolutely love it. We know you're going to be one of those big actors for the future. We'll ever be so proud of you because you came on our podcast first and we had a gorgeous time talking to you. I had a lovely time. Now, as you can imagine, I have the rule of the roost in prison and despite my mattress being as thick as a sanitary pad, I slept like a baby in there. They was good times. Me and Sheila the Gap, we had a nice little racket going on. There weren't a thing she couldn't smuggle past a guard after day release. 
Prices started at about £5 for a fries Turkish delight, moving up to £10 for a king-size dairy milk. And then, if you were looking for something a bit bigger than a game of Jenga, that's going to cost you 35 That ain't inflation, that's danger money. If you had a talent in prison, I got you work. Sue, she was in the band Chumbawamba. She had an art degree. Turns out she could card stuff out of soap. I was buying in Imperial Leather, 20p a bar, selling it on carved into a shape of a toucan for a 10 spot to a shop in Covent Garden. The screws, they got a tasty little percentage to keep it nippy. And before long, the prison was on the make. We was having breast meat in our corner. Breast meat as big as a human muscle it was. Gammon for brekkie. And I tell you, I couldn't move for creme caramel. We was drinking cooking wine by the pint and life was good. I had a room with my own toaster. I had Pop-Tarts on tap. But those nights in that cell, with the moon casting shadows on the wall, shadows of the lives you'd left outside. They taught you. What were these people doing? Had they forgotten about you? Why would they remember you? If you've lost someone you love, you'll know what it's like. The imagination can be a person's easiest way to escape the shackles of life, but it can also build you a prison where your own personal movie plays where the person you once loved is leaving you behind. Is it safer to be alone? I don't know. Is it safer to hide yourself away from being hurt? I don't know. But if there's a truth to anything, if love's looking for you, it will find you in the end. My Rom would visit all the time at first, a bag of tin meat and a couple of bottles of Vimto, and I loved it. But you can't expect that all the time. And do you know what? I didn't want it of him. So in the end, I asked for it to stop. It was harder to see him than it was to forget him. Those long nights in the cell, the moon casting shadows on the cell wall of the lives you'd left behind outside. They tortured you. What was he doing, my gorgeous boy, Ron? It was me that told him to go, but had he forgotten me? Why would he even remember me? If you've lost someone you love, you'll know what it's like. The imagination can be a person's easiest way to escape the shackles of life, but it can also build you a prison. Your own personal movie plays where the person you once loved is leaving you behind. Is it safer to be alone? or Is it safer to hide yourself away from being hurt? Ron found me in the end. The right love always does. And I tell you what, don't let the moon cast a shadow. Look it straight on and bask yourself in the bright white light of hope. So here it is. For all you beautiful, gorgeous little people out there, this is a song from your greatest hits album, Diane Shorty Greatest Hits, Volume 1. Don't forget, sometimes your mind's not your own and you're a solitary soul.
Chatting with Chorley podcast, written and performed by me, Diane Chorley, touches the cap. The beautiful music you hear, that was written by myself, Diane Chorley, and the gorgeous Milky. The show was produced by my own personal gorgeous superhero, Chris Jones. This is a hat trick podcast. The music for the show is available to download immediately after the show's release. Get it in your ears, get it in your eyes. We're sending you love wherever you are. Look after yourselves. We love you. We'll see you next time. Bye, my little gorgeous puffer lumps. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.